Remember, remember who you are before society told you how to be. Through ritual and ceremony, my mission is to guide you on your own journey back to self, to shed limiting beliefs, societal conditioning, and outdated ancestral patterns. Through individually curated healing methodologies, I help to remind you of the greater purpose of your life. Welcome to the Return of Ritual podcast. I'm your host, Amber Winston. I'm so happy you're here. And today I have a very lovely, lovely guest. But before I introduce her, I do just want to start with a little bit of gratitude and just thank all of the listeners who have been subscribing and listening to the Return of Ritual podcast for the last couple of seasons. It's really touched my heart when I have read reviews that you have left or you've contacted me personally with you know, insights that you've gleaned from these conversations. I really, truly believe that they are transmissions. So I just wanted to say thank you all for listening and for supporting us over the the journey that this has become, because it certainly has been a journey. And I feel like every time I talk to somebody new, I learn a million things. Um, So I just wanted to thank you and start off with a little bit of gratitude. Uh, Today's guest, I actually have had the joy of working with, I actually joined one of her courses, one of her beautiful offerings, and I found it to be just so insightful. And the way that Rebecca holds space for a group of women who don't even know each other across the globe to kind of come together and really talk about vulnerable things has, was just really amazing and incredible to watch and be a part of. Um, So I have a personal kind of connection with Rebecca and her work, and I'm just so honored to have her here. But I do want to introduce you all to her because some of you might not be familiar familiar with Rebecca's work. Um, So I'm going to read her bio before we formally welcome her into this uh, beautiful sacred space. Rebecca Wilson facilitates shamanic womb healing and rites blessings. She is the founder of Womb Connection Healing Awakening which has been birthed from her personal journey of womb awakening. Rebecca is a womb keeper, womb healer, wise woman, spelt W-O-M-B-A-N. I see what you're doing there. Uh, Spirit baby and birth doula. She holds a powerful earth-filled medicine, which naturally infuse all her work and offerings. She is deeply connected to nature and finds her inspiration within the elements. Rebecca is a channel for the sacred energies of divine mother frequency, connecting heaven on earth through the new earth templates and earth line grids. She holds a healing transmission for the birth of the new earth. Her passion is to lovingly hold a space for participants to express themselves fully and creatively by allowing them to feel comfortable and safe when dipping their toes in vulnerability Rebecca encourages self-expression through embodiment healing, which provides a space for each individual to explore and awaken deep energies throughout the physical, emotional, and spiritual body. Rebecca encourages each individual to take their own journey through her offerings, creating a space to tune into your own tuition and inner wisdom. Welcome, Rebecca. Mm, Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. And this is, I'm just 
the list yeah. of questions that I was asked <laughs> before you popped on. It was just like coming through, coming yeah. through. And so I just feel like we need to dive, we need to dive in. And so the first question um, is just a fun question. I always like to ask every guest on Return of Ritual what their astrology sign is. Ah, yeah. So uh, sun sign is Taurus. Yeah. Mm. And moon Taurus. (laughs) Double mama energy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Okay. So before we kind of embark on all of the womb wisdom and uncover some of those truths, then you can share a lot about that. I'm just personally really curious about how you discover this work or this work discover you so because sometimes it's it finds Mm. us right um so I would just love to know maybe a little bit about your past or your how this basically how this work found you or you found this work yeah so it definitely found me through my own life experiences um there's been so many chapters in in the story in the journey um the kind of way in that I was brought into this work was very much nutritional and uh, menstrual cycle awareness, being on the pill for a really long time, coming off it, having such horrendous experiences, not having my bleed, acne, like gut related problems, hormonal imbalances. So that was really the beginning of the great awakening um, on that, that kind of level, that was my entry point, my way in. And so I learned a lot about that space, but then naturally as we start to uncover or unravel um, those layers, we just see that there's so many more. So as that journey unfolded, I then began to look deeper into the energetics, like, well, why is menstrual cycle imbalanced? Why are the hormones why am I feeling this, feeling that? Why am I not in harmony within my womb space and this feminine energy? So then it was very much about culture, conditioning, the kind of influence of the world on us and how we don't live seasonally or in tune with nature and the cycles and the, yeah, all the seasons externally and then internally. So that became another layer. And then a deeper layer of that was a really profound connection to this energy that lives in the womb space this source of all creation Um, and really accessing my voice through my womb was a really powerful journey for me and then the womb started to just speak so she has many things to say which is where I write a lot of my uh, well all of my transmissions um, that I share yeah I, I write from that place it just kind of you know that a lot of the time we can think of like downloads as in something else is pouring in which of course I completely feel that too but this became more of an uppouring it's like the wisdom is already within us nothing outside of us needs to download or pour anything into us don't need to receive in that way because it's being received from yourself to yourself from this pool this source of just infinite um wisdom in the womb yeah Mm. I can definitely (laughs) relate to the the menstrual side of things Mm. and I think most I would say probably most women have had some sort of uh difficult experience with one menstrual cycle one time or another um I think it is 
pretty common for most women to go through, you know, whether that's just cramping or PMS or other things. Um, And I thought that it was interesting that you talked a little bit about the conditioning part of things too, right? Mm. So talk to us a little bit about how that was for you, you know, going through the pain, what were the experts telling you? What were you, what were you, what was your um, Mm. culture saying to you when you were obviously going through some challenges what was that yeah so I'd come off the contraception and I mean in total it took 18 months for my bleed to come back Mm. um which is just I was basically feeling premenstrual for 18 months which is not fun for anyone (laughs) um yeah you know like those four days before you get your bleed and you feel the PMS I was like that for 18 months I was just in that tiny bit of the cycle yeah so not fun for me or anybody in my life, I'm sure, at that time. Yeah. But the doctors just kept on saying really strange things, actually. Like, do you, ne- you don't really need to have your period back anyway. Oh, are you trying to conceive? And I was like, well, no. And they were like, well, you don't need your period anyway. And just everything around, along those lines. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, during that time, I just needed so much rest. I was so tired. I was so burnt out my hormones were all over the show. I was incredibly emotional, highly sensitive. Um, And then I was craving all of these like sugar and carbs and all the foods that just wouldn't have been part of my normal diet, actually. And it's just really interesting to observe that part of the journey. But just almost like lethargic, depressed, couldn't even get out of bed some days. I had cystic acne all over my face. So Mm. then, you know, I spoke to the doctors about that and they were just like, oh, take this medicine and then this will happen. But something was just telling me like, no, no, don't don't go there. There's something else. And so that little gleam of light in a very dark place kind of helped me to just hold on to some something that then led me to open like a great doorway into like the way that the world tells us that we need to operate in order to function, to survive, to be liked, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be successful, to be dot, dot, dot. And you fill in your own personal narrative or story there. And it's this kind of like achieving, striving, doing, forcing, pushing, And I was just at a point in my life where that just could not happen. I was exhausted. And my body was obviously going through a massive process of trying to balance itself back out to be able to bleed again. Um, And then learning so much about, you know, even if we never wanted to conceive, our our menstrual cycle is our reflection of our fertility. And our fertility is a reflection of our overall health. So if we are not menstruating or we don't have a healthy cycle, um, our health suffers. And I really felt that in myself because at that time my health was not, you know, I wasn't vibrant and full of life in any way. Um, so yeah, they were the kind of like the conditioning or the programming that I really kind of saw, like what's this doctor saying and why do we think we need to be doing all the time or action orientated and how are we not honoring this cyclical nature and so learning about the parts of the cycle or learning about the inner seasons really started to shift my awareness and made me realize like oh wow we we are not the same we have four different peaks and troughs in you know so each week of the month if generally we bleed around that time 
But even that, the conditioning that it's 28 days, we're just taught that and we believe it, but it's not the case for every woman. Some women, it's a little bit shorter and some it's longer naturally. Right. You know, not because of something's wrong. It's just that's where they naturally are. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, this has come up on a couple different episodes, this notion of, um, unfortunately, kind of giving our power away to authority figures, um, and particularly in medicine, you know, and, mm. um, and what I just love so much about your story is, you know, you listened, you went to the experts, you took their advice in, but then there was something inside of you that you know, you really were listening to like that deeper wisdom, that deeper knowing. And that's something that I find so uh, intriguing. And I really try to inspire and motivate in most women, right, that they really know the answer deep down inside. And, it, and it's reminding us, um, you know, so that everybody goes through their own remembrance of, well, actually, you're right. Like, I think I really do know, but we've been um, submersed into a society where, we're taught, I believe, that we don't really know and we have to seek, seek external authorities and experts to tell us what is the best thing for us. But really it's our mm. body and we should be making those choices. So I love that you were able to, to do that. Mm. And I also think the whole birth control thing, you know, I was on that for a very long time as well. That was normalized, right? That was just what you did. It wasn't until I think I got off the birth control pill that I realized that that basically kept me muted at one kind of even healed like mood the entire time. And then it prevented ovulation to ha- from happening. Is that? Yeah. You, yeah. I have no idea. So then your body is like, yeah. okay, I don't need to do that anymore. So when you come off the pill, it's like, well, I don't even know what that is because I haven't been doing that for so many years. So like to bring your ovulation cycle and all of that stuff back online, mm. I can imagine it takes 18 months, right? Because yeah, it's recalibrating. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the doctors kept on say would say things like, oh, maybe you're just a sensitive. There's like not many people have it this long. Um this kind of journey usually it's less time uh but maybe you know my journey had to be the length it was in order to have this this great kind of awakening through that through that kind of pain and that trauma but yeah i mean you know ultimately when we're on birth control it's suppressing the part of the cycle where we can conceive because that's the idea of it and and so the body almost believes it's pregnant whilst on birth control because the only time you can't get pregnant really is when you are pregnant. Every other time, <laughs> there's a slight possibility that things can happen because nature will do what it will do. We can spontaneously ovulate at any point. And uh, so the only time it's absolutely guaranteed that you cannot get pregnant is when you're pregnant. So of course the menstrual, the the, the pill or the, any kind of uh, contraception um, mimics that in a way in the body to to reduce the the risk of getting pregnant which is so contradictory to I feel like my upbringing it was almost like if a man looks at you you're gonna get pregnant like it was that um serious it was like you know if they even just look Mm. at you you could get pregnant so you have to take all necessary precautions and then having gone through my you know my own journey of like well I probably want to have kids one day like how does Mm. this really work and I'm like 
oh, there's like actually a finite window when the stars do align and this actually works, which is so the opposite of what I feel like we were conditioned to believe when it comes to actually conceiving. And everybody's different, right? Certain people have been like on the birth control pill and gotten pregnant. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, there are unique situations, but that was my personal experience was, you know, you can just get pregnant if somebody sneezes, you're pregnant, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also when, you know, the moment that we start taking the birth control, if it's at quite a young age, because we, um, yeah, I'm really journeying with this word like transition at the moment. And it feels really relevant, like a transitional time in life or or a rite of passage. And, you know, coming into our bleeding years is a rite of passage and it is also a transitional time. Like we don't just start bleeding at 15 or 16 and then have regular monthly cycles. We transition into our womanhood. Sometimes we have shorter months. Sometimes it's like a young girl will bleed and then she won't bleed again for four months and then she'll bleed for three or four months in a row and then she won't. And she can be on that transitional journey for a good five years while all of the hormones come into place. The same as on the other end of our bleeding years, which is we don't just go from like fully fertile bleeding every month to not bleeding at all we have the perimenopausal time and then the menopause because the body would go into extreme shock either ends of that journey Mm -hmm. so there's a transition even between the transitions there's a transition yeah (laughs) um and that's the part that's just not taught young girls young women it definitely wasn't when I was at Mm -hmm. that age point maybe there's more awareness now but okay, it might just take a few years for your hormones to settle. And, you know, you're a 15 year old, your hormones are all over the show, your periods are irregular, you're getting embarrassed at school, all the other girls go in on the pill. So you, you just do what everyone's doing because you get told this story that, well, if you go on that, you'll have monthly bleeds, which is a lie. The bleed on the pill is not a bleed. It's a withdrawal from taking the drug. It's not a period. Yeah. So it's like you withdraw when you withdraw from taking it, you you shed. It's not an actual menstru- menstruation. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't, but you get you were brought into this illusion that we'll bleed every month, um, hormones, everything will be settled. You know, oh, it'll make my skin nice if you're having any kind of like teenage stuff going on. And yeah, we're just not taught about everything. You know, I'm all about everyone has the right to choose, but like, let's give them all the information. And I was definitely not told of all the other complications or the fact that in a few years time, I might might settle hormonally and everything would be okay. Or there were other choices or there were other options available. It wasn't just this one um, standard uh, hormonal pill that that Mm -hmm. seemed to be, you know, the one that we all, everyone, where I grew up, it's like all the girls got put on this one. And it was yeah. a really high level of hormone and yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's so tragic. And I feel like mm. also how people actually um, talk about the cycle and make, make it feel like it's a bad thing. Right. So, um, mm. you know, this, you know, the PMS thing, for example, right? Like, oh yeah, you become like this crazy person. And, you know, there's just so much built up around, you know, probably with the partners that we live with, right? That, that, that they are aware that we are ebbing and flowing and having different emotions at different parts of the month. But 
I just feel like there's a general kind of consensus among people that, you know, women specifically, you know, they're too emotional and they go through this crazy thing with the menstrual cycle and it's just not good. And um, it's almost like demonized or it's, um, it's certainly not something that's accepted. And so when I think about all the work that you're doing about womb empowerment, right? Like really connecting to your mm. feminine power and wisdom. What are your thoughts around like all the commentary that society really has about kind of controlling women from a young age, putting them on this pill, impacting their fertility and their natural way of being to then even, you know, older women where, where they are called crazy or that they are hysterical or all of those things. So I'm, I'm looking at like mm. society's commentary around trying to control and take the power away. And then your work of discovering, wait a minute, everybody, the power is within your womb. Talk about that. Like, what have you mm. uncovered? What, why do you think that happens? Why, why? Yeah. Um, it, it really feels like it's woven into this linear expectation of life so to only ever be moving in one direction so whether we want to like lean into like a patriarchal world or an over wounded masculine I'm not really interested in placing too many labels but this kind of overachieving linear expectation which is woven into the tapestry of so many things right education being one you get a grade a b c or one two three so if you get the a you're good and if you get the lower number you're bad so you are we're taught even through education to be linear because we're searching for this higher grade this higher place everything that's taking us up and outside of ourselves, actually so it's like to go up to ascend, to go out, to get better, to get higher. And all of that is kind of pulling us out of the cyclical or spiral nature of life. Like spiral is in the nature, it's in all of creation. Um, and that comes with an ebb and a flow. And so when we are in this linear expectation of living, it's almost like, well, you can't feel sad. You've just got to feel better and better and better and better all the time. Like, or you're not feeling more joy, more happy, more joy. And it pulls people out from feeling their authentic emotions, which sometimes can be, I'm sad today or I'm sad in this moment. And then I can be happy in an hour's time. And then I might be feeling a little bit tired and then I might have loads of energy. And there is such a stigma around that almost being like, um, imbalanced or ungrounded or kind of crazy or neurotic but it is just kind of being a full embodied human being like things come in things come up we experience unless we just sat on our own all day and had no interaction with anything um and even then we'd probably trigger ourselves but we're having interaction within relationship to everything and everyone all of the time and so within those interactions there's exchanges and we're going to have moments of like oh god I feel so much joy or oh whoa that kind of touched me in a place and I'm feeling a bit sad like here or and all of that lives within the cycles and within this spiral and with this this notion that we're just moving in this real circular way just like nature does we have seasons that we move through you know and we're guaranteed that we'll find the spring or the summer and the light again but we are also guaranteed that we will find autumn and deep deep winter again and so the journey continues our emotions are like that when we are embodied and expressed but when we are 
all of the conditioning around like women are crazy, they're emotionally unhinged and all of that really comes from um, that imprint. And you know, that imprint is in all beings. It's in the men and the women and all, um, yeah, everyone on, on the planet has this imprint of don't be too crazy in your emotional state because you need to focus or you need to do yeah. and then we just fill in the blank of whatever we believe we need to do yeah what I love that you talked about was the seasons because I'm trying to think about how people can normalize this right that you know mm. all the women that are listening to this you know maybe you've had an experience where your husband has made a comment right or your kids made a comment about how you've been feeling or whatnot and it's um I think it's within us to start to normalize what you're describing as spiral living. And what I, what I really think is an attainable way to do that is talking about the seasons and yeah. maybe really digesting like, and learning that within the month, you know, this is the week that you're going to be feeling a little bit of that deep winter. This is when you're going to be feeling the spring and the summer. And, um, and then maybe use that as a way to educate your community around you that this is normal it's a hundred percent normal. So Rebecca, can you just give us a brief, like, you know, what season is related to what week within our cycle? Yeah. Yeah. So spring is pre ovulation or post bleed, but yeah, it's kind of like that pre um, ovulation time. Summer is ovulation. Um, autumn is pre uh, menstrual, pre menstruation. And then winter is menstruation or the bleed time when we get our period so we can kind of really see the reflection there in in the seasonal um experiences of nature and then also the internal nature of our cycle and um, spring we have that kind of like very light very tender slightly playful uh like the tiny little shooting uh springs you know plants coming up from the soil and then summer, it's like the full bloom of the crops or the flower. It's like, I'm shiny, I'm here, I'm ovulating, let's create. Um, and of course, by create, it doesn't necessarily just mean a, a life. It can, you can use that energy to create anything. Um, mm -hmm. I create a lot of my work in those, that seasonal part of my uh, cycle. Autumn, we're in that gentle kind of like preparing to let go just like the leaves fall, but they all go in their own gradual stages. So autumn's such an interesting time in the internal cycle because it can be so different every, every cycle. Sometimes there's a real shedding quite quick. Sometimes there's just little pieces and the leaves are like one by one. Um, it's just, I find that the most fascinating part to really observe because I feel autumn, the external season of autumn is just so abundant because not everything falls away all at once and there's like one tree that's still full of the leaves and one that's completely bare and so it's really interesting um and then winter is yeah like that deep rest deep nurturing downward flow coming into the cave like we would go and if we were animals we would hibernate at winter and go into the cave or under the earth um we kind of come into our womb cave if we can't find a cave externally and just shed and let go. Yeah. Mm, I love it. I love how it's just not a one size fits all approach, mm -hmm. which I think we're, they tend to kind of force us into like one, like you ovulate on day 14 and your cycle is 28 days. And I think what you've so beautifully described is like, 
it's going to be unique to everybody and the way that your seasons transition, yeah. right? Like you're talking about those transitions, yeah. it's going to be unique and different to everybody. What I have discovered recently is um, unpacking, okay, so I think I ovulate on day 14, but I actually don't think I do. I think mm-hmm. I ovulate early in my cycle. Mm-hmm. And I just uncovered that from talking to um, a dear friend. She's like, oh yeah, you should like really figure out when in your cycle you you're ovulating because she found out she was ovulating at like day 19, like super late, late. Mm-hmm. I used quotation marks. Um, yeah. That, right. But that was normal for her. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is just, I think that what I feel here is that it becomes your own uh, experiment of just getting more acquainted with yourself and yeah. learning and uncovering how your body works and that it's perfect the way that it is operating. Um, it doesn't have to be yeah. like the world tells us it does. I do want to shift mm-hmm. gears a little bit. Um, I think menstrual health mm. is so important. And I've certainly had my um, my experiences with my menstrual cycles and being in that linear mechanistic culture of mm. always striving and never stopping and resting. And since um, kind of diving deeper into this, I have been able to really slow down during my winter or my bleed and like create that little nest for myself to stop, which has mm. been like amazing. And I know that, you know, everybody's situation is, is different depending on if you have a family or if you really have a high stressful job and that you don't really have the time to create, or you have the illusion that you don't have the time to mm. create that. I would really encourage everybody listening to this to try and carve out a little bit of time to become acquainted with your sacred bleed. Because for me, it's been, it's been really insightful, um, in my own little journey, but I do want to talk about conception Mm. and conscious conception. Cause I know that's a big part of your work as well is, um, yeah. How can couples who are embarking on wanting to bring a baby into the world, like conceive in a, in a very conscious way. And then I also want to dive into spirit babies and like creating the connection with spirit babies. Yeah. So maybe yeah. talk to us about like your experience with, with this, how did this yeah. all come forth from your womb? Like what's the wisdom? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my own journey, well, through in and into this work was um, a conception of a child um, at a time where my life was very kind of in a great transition um and then that led into a miscarriage and but it kind of was a great awakening into yeah just a really deep deep understanding of how do we the the pregnancy you know unquote wasn't planned but of course spirit always has a plan (laughs) so the plan was to receive these messages and this wisdom to then share um but it wasn't a planned pregnancy and it just really got me asking lots of questions like well what about consciously embarking on that journey when the time is right and what about all of the different patterns and lots of fears came up for me when realizing I was pregnant and it was like well how can I yeah where did these come from I didn't know they were alive inside of me and um so how can we work through all of that as consciously and with as much awareness as possible knowing that it will all never be fully done but when we work through yeah those kind of like deeper layers of conditioning, family stories, family narratives, uh, our own kind of limiting or beliefs or thoughts around conceiving or pregnancy or even as simple, you know, maybe women feel like, oh, once you get pregnant, you never have a good body. 
So it can actually inhibit their kind of journey in conception. Or once you get pregnant, you're, you know, you lose this or you gain that or whatever those belief systems are that get put in place. Families might tell people it's really hard to get pregnant or it's really easy to get pregnant. And then when it's vice versa, there's a deep trauma because they've mm -hmm. believed for the whole of their life and so on. There can be many different thoughts. So when we work through all of that, along with working through connecting and opening through the heart, connecting and opening and clearing any kind of emotional or energetic debris from the womb, we open up a more conscious and aware uh, vessel, shall we say, a body, uh, where the path of conceiving is, is open in a very conscious way. Um, and it can be taken into a really deep spiritual practice, depending where people want to arrive into that journey. It can just stay at that conscious awareness of like, we want to conceive, we want to make sure that we're healthy, we're eating the right food, we've got resting, we've got the vitality we need. And it can move into a deeper space of, you know, we want to sit in meditation together and connect to the spirit of the baby. We want to consciously hold a ritual or a ceremony mm -hmm. to, to welcome life into our family and new life and to welcome this birthing this huge initiation um it's the greatest initiation that you know a woman's body will ever go through and a, a partnership really uh to to bring in and create a life is just so profound um yeah, so it, it can really meet people where they're at, depending on where they feel comfortable or where they are in their own spiritual journey. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, that's it all unraveled. <laughs> yeah, and you, so we've touched on the menstrual cycle as being, you mm. know, probably an, an innate ritual and ceremony that we go through kind of on a monthly mm. basis. What you just mentioned was the opportunity to, with your partner, if you are looking to conceive, create the space uh, for a ritual or a ceremony if you do want to call in your spirit babies or yes. have a conscious conception. Uh, in your experience, what kind of ritual or ceremony would you invite couples who are interested in, in this and kind of yeah. drawing a line in the sand or creating that safe space? What would you invite them to do? Yeah, so many different things like making space in your life. If your life is already completely full, and that might be in a really beautiful way. There's no space for that small life, that energy of, of the baby to enter. So creating space or already living as if maybe the baby's already here, not in a distorted way, but just in a way of like feeling like the baby's already present. So they're kind of ways sitting in meditation, writing out your kind of wishes and sharing them with each other. Also writing out your fears and sharing them with each other and allowing them to be burned and released, which creates more space to welcome. Um, I do offer con um, conscious conception ceremonies for couples now. So we work through, I'll guide them through meditations together. We work through a releasing process and then I take them on a journey to connect to their spirit baby and, and yeah, receive messages or guidance or ask any questions that they have um, for what they might need or require or ask in, in order to, for the baby to come through. So they might ask, um, is there anything that you need to be put in place in order for your arrival? And maybe they'll get a message or an insight like, 
ah, oh, we need to move home or, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we need to um, sell the car and get a different car because that car won't do or, ah, oh, actually we need to wait six months or, oh, I need to change my job. I thought I might have to change it after because it made sense, but actually that needs to shift and I need more rest before and so on. Yeah. Yes. To all of the above. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I recall when I was in your course, um, and we did the exercise to connect to the spirit babies. That was definitely the messages that I was getting was, um, it was home related. It was like, yeah, you know, is this the right place for me to come through? Like very much uncertain about where we live. And we live, uh, you know, most of you guys know, but I we live in Southern California, which is a beautiful place to live, but it is getting very crowded. And the access to nature is basically the beach. So if you, if you, love that. That's great. But it, for me, I was craving more, you know, forests and green trees and mountains mm. and, and that. And so I sat with that. And that's something that Luke and I have been discussing basically ever since the course, Rebecca is like, where, where is that space? And then mm. in that whole journey and that whole process, catching myself when I default to my linear, like, okay, well, we have to go to these places and explore these, and then we're going to do this. And it was like, wait, 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 wait. Like, that's not the point of this. The point of this is to really surrender. And I know that that word gets thrown around a lot. People are like, what do you really mean when you say surrender or let go? But really it's just for me personally, it's been knowing that the universe makes the first move and that, that, that will unfold as it's supposed to. And so just really accepting kind of that. Um, but I love that these, these tips that you've shared about creating that ceremony or that ritual with your partner, if you're looking to, to conceive, um, and I would just say like, in general, we probably don't do that, like in our normal relating to one another, you know, it's more of, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know very many couples that have really like consciously sat down and said, Hey, let's talk about our fears. Like after we yeah. have this baby, like that's probably the most important thing that you could plan or like, what are we going to do when we're sleep deprived? You know, like yeah. having like a discussion around that is such a beautiful invitation. And how do you want to parent? You know, we just presume maybe that people want to parent the same way. And it's like, okay, we're going to be co-parents of this small human. And um, what does parenting mean to you? How do you want to parent? What does that look like? What are the boundaries in place for you? What are your edges? What are your requirements? How do you want them to be educated? How do you want them to eat? Like what, what, and it, because sometimes I guess if you're living very aligned lives with very similar beliefs or uh, those things are kind of felt like already, but maybe not, maybe not, you know, it's, it, inquiry is so powerful. So powerful and so important. Um, so, so important. I love that invitation as well. Uh, mm. What about, okay, so we've talked about the menstrual cycle. We've talked about kind of the conscious conception. Mm. We're spiraling through this conversation. Um, yeah. But I do kind of <laughs> want to talk about um, the birthing process. So people who yeah. are, have given birth, who plan to give birth in the future. I think that this conversation is so important now, given the pandemic that we're in and how mm. people are, birthing differently given the new regulations within the hospital maybe that's inspiring other people to explore other ways to birth perhaps 
a home birth or at a birthing center or um, just educating themselves on what their options are. Uh, I think the birth process itself, we could probably spend a whole episode talking about, but I do just want to hear your, your thoughts around um, the actual birthing process, what it's, I think I've heard you say it's, it's very similar to having sex, how somebody Mm. will birth or relationships that they have with their sexuality or relationship they have with their mothers. Talk to Mm -hmm. me a little bit about what you've uncovered um, from your work around the birth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just to touch on like this year, obviously being such a year for massive change and in one space, it's been really challenging for the birthing um, women, birthing people and people supporting birthing people. Um, But there's also like a great opening there that maybe there have been more home births and maybe people have been having to or choosing to educate themselves more than they would have been. Maybe there's been less of a handing over of power because ultimately that has kind of been like, oh, you can't even come into the hospital because things are like this or there's this regulation or only you and no birthing partner. And so people are like, oh, I'm maybe do this at home because I want my partner or my doula or my mother or my friend or whoever to be with me. So although it's been quite a traumatic year in the, for the birthing world, shall we call it, there's a great opening here for a return into an old way. It's like returning to an old way with a new vision or a new way, if that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, so I just like to hold that in the field of like possibilities as a prayer for all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my experience and unraveling through the birthing energy is very similar to well it's the sexual energy which is the life force so again there can be lots of conditioning wrapped up in this that uh the sexual energy and suppressing it or locking it down or blocking it down but sexual energy is our life force it's our prana it's our chi it's our kundalini it's whatever our system is or whatever our um knowledge is of that it's the life force the energy that moves through us that is what creates sexual expression and sexual expression and intimacy creates a conception and a baby. And it's also what opens the body's energy channels through the birthing process. And of course the baby comes, it's kind of like an, a reverse act. So, you know, the baby is conceived through an entry into the sexual gateways and the baby is birthed through the, the exit of those sexual gateways in whatever capacity there is co- the conception. It's generally that way and vice versa, unless there is a, a medical or a C-section, um, then it, the, 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 the birth is descent through the cervix and through the yoni. Mm. So of course those sexual spaces are opening um, And it can be a very primal experience for women if they are in that flow, in that state, in that connection to that primal life force energy inside of them. I know my personal experience of the miscarriage was a very primal, very kind of raw, animalistic, sexual, but deeply painful as well experience, but simultaneously, uh, it really like, wow, this is a profound experience to to birth is so huge mm-hmm. and so it's that downward yeah if we look at images of women birthing in 
um, indigenous cultures or anywhere outside of the Western world will see it's a very primal act. There's usually squatting, there's bending down, there's lots of movement. We really support women to kind of open their jaw to make deep primal sounding, which opens up the throat and then opens up the heart, opens up the pelvic bowl, opens up the cervix and the yoni, everything's connected. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this animalistic experience, which is sexual in nature because it's primal, not the sexual that we've been conditioned to believe sexuality is, but more of that primal innocence, which is our true nature of sexual expression, not the kind of wounded or imprinted sexuality that is in that kind of matrix in, in the world, mm. but a more raw, primal, um, ecstatic, earth-connected, animalistic energy. And there's nothing more primal than a woman birthing her child. Oh. What would you say to somebody who is afraid of birthing? Because I have so many conversations with women and there's a few in my circle that are actually pregnant now. And, and there's so much fear wrapped up around the the entire process and the default is to go into the hospital. And that to me personally is very concerning. Um, I don't think I would choose that option. Um, for a variety of reasons, but how can we empower women to reclaim that power or that remind them that they have that inner wisdom and that this is a primal act and that your body knows what to do? Um, Because I just see, it it makes me sad really that I see so many women who are frightened of the process Mm. and are then defaulting to going into this system, which I don't think has women in, um, their best interest in mind, to be frank. Yeah. Yeah. So just to hold the knowing that fear is natural and anytime we're embarking on something that we don't know was taken, you know, especially, well, each birth, even if a woman births 10 or 14 children, there's an embarking into the unknown because no two births are the same. No two babies are shaped the same. No two times will she be the same in her life. So it's really a great walk into the unknown like you're just stepping through this huge gateway into a space that you have no real knowing. We can have visions, we can hold birth plans, you can write out how you want it all to go. But the reality is when you are in that birthing space, you are at the altar of birth, you don't know what is going to happen. You are deeply in the unknown. And the, the only request from your body is to trust her. But of course, if we are within that space where we don't trust our bodies or we haven't trusted our bodies for a long time, it's it's much easier and feels safer. Of course, it feels safer to hand over the power to the medical system um, because there's not enough. I'm in my power or I trust my body that's that's been rooted in the self Mm. that can all be worked through preconception and it can all be worked through during pregnancy as well a lot of the time these fears don't actually come up until a woman is in second to maybe third trimester and that realization like the birth is actually going to happen soon right and then the body starts opening energetically and all the organs are moving and everything's shifting so of course as our everything starts to change in the body it's like oh all these new things and 
oh wow there's a fear there and I can feel like my womb or my pelvis opening and reshaping and oh god there's a something's unlocked I'm scared of giving birth I'm scared or I'm scared of going to the hospital or and it everything is to be held really gently because we can also have a great vision of birthing at home and it being primal and wild and there need to be medical intervention or medical support so that is also unknown none of it is known it's the great unknown is pregnancy and birth yeah it's really asking a woman deep into the void of herself which is the womb itself the womb is a void it's a hollow organ it's a complete void space and most women can't um, take all these pieces of information throughout life and fill the void because they're terrified of the void but Mm. as we do womb work on all levels in all different parts of our womb journey we get rid of all of these patterns these imprints these programs and we're left with a void space nothing's there it's Mm. empty and you're just like oh floating in the void and that can either feel like a great surrender or absolutely terrifying because <laughs> right. in that space you don't know nobody knows nobody knows nobody knows nobody knows <laughs> and I think yeah. this is where your work just comes in so so handy for anybody who's at any stage of this journey and I actually thought about people who have had children and maybe they have some trauma that they have experienced. And so I think what you do so beautifully, Rebecca, is that you hold a safe container for no matter where they are in their journey, that maybe you did have a traumatic hospital birth Mm -hmm. and, and there's emotion wrapped around that, you know, you can even work through that now, even that, even though your kids are, you know, grown or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what's so lovely about your work is that you really do su- facilitate and support no matter where the woman is on their journey. And that even made me think about women who've had um, hysterectomies as well, right? Like yeah. this work is for them too. It's, it, you can still mm-hmm. reclaim that energy that is in that space. And so I am just a big fan of your work. And so I wanted to talk about um, your beautiful offering that you have for yes. listeners, uh, which is called the Heart Womb Connection Course. Can you just describe that briefly for us? Yeah, so it's a journey with um, some written kind of text transmission for you to explore and really allow that to sink in as you read the words and what comes up and, and go on a journey through the written word. And then there's some um, practices, some video practices and some guided meditations practices to open the heart the womb open the connection some gentle movement practices and yeah some meditations in arriving into the pelvic ball and the womb space I highly recommend I highly recommend it I had such a great experience with the course that I did so I will be linking to Rebecca's course uh, on our page on returnofritual.com so you can check that out and see if that's something that might interest you I think that this work is so, so important. I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing and for how you've touched my life and you've inspired you know, me to have these conversations with my husband and create the space, and do all the things. So thank you so much. Um, before, we, before we do wrap up today, I always just like to leave a little bit of space at the end um, because this episode, we didn't even really dive into your rituals and ceremonies, your... Mm your stuff, but, um, I felt like there were so many different topics to cover. So now there is the space for anything that's on your heart that mm. didn't get to come through or that you would like to share. Um, do that now. Yeah. 
Um, well, yeah, I'm really journeying this great transition uh, in life at the moment. I really feel it, uh, I think, collectively at this point in time that we're live recording this. We really are in, in that. And so I'm personally in practice and in prayer and in ritual and ceremony around that. Like, how do we transition and how are transitions living within transitions and um, how is there a beginning and an end, but also no beginning and no end because they are the same point. It's, it's a birth point, it's the beginning, it's an end, it's a birth, it's a death. It's all in that one point of change, transition. So yeah, I'm really exploring that at the moment. Um, rituals and ceremonies, I like to work with maybe the lunar cycle sometimes, but most of all, I, I work with my own inner cycle um, and I have a, yeah, a daily practice where I, I sit in contemplation, in prayer and um, connect in that way. Yeah. Mm, I couldn't agree more with the transitions. I think that mm. I personally relate to that and I really feel it's a beautiful opportunity to ritualize the transition. And so yeah. if there's anything that we can do, you know, whether that's, um, you know, for me personally, that will involve a little bit of a fire ceremony, right? Mm -hmm. To shed the old, um, release that and kind of let it go to then welcome, welcome the new. So I do encourage anybody who is feeling similar that they're in that, that chasm or that, you know, mm -hmm. that point between two places um, to think about what are those things that you can do to bring it into the mythic, right? To get out of our minds, and to bring it into that mythical sphere to allow spirit to kind of come through and to honor that, that transition that we're all kind of feeling like we're in collectively. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, wonderful. Um, thank you yeah. so much. I feel like we could probably have a follow up, <laughs> like deep dive yeah. into these topics. I think that was just a beautiful skimming. So thank you so much for, for joining and um, if you guys felt like this episode really was inspiring or you learned something we definitely encourage you to share the episode with anybody in your network who you think might benefit from listening also don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify to return a ritual leave us a review um, love to hear from you all so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time thanks rebecca mm -hmm.